Welcome to Friday's edition of Morning Brews. My name, of course, is Ryan Smelt, and today we are talking about reducing and resolving conflicts in family businesses. I want to be clear on this one. We are talking about family owned and operated businesses, not necessarily a business where your entire family happens to work. That is a little different. Uh, however, family owned and operated businesses, I do not have a plethora of experience in this. So if you have something to contribute, uh, whether you uh, own and operate a family business or um, you have before, then be sure to uh, shoot us a message or leave it in the comments section. Uh, so number one, set a structured approach to resolution. Two, hold regular family meetings. Three, do not take sides. Four, seek out mediators. Five, set hiring limitations. Six, designate roles. And seven, establish a discussion forum. So all of this is somewhat of a common sense approach to business in general, uh, but I believe it does hold a significant amount of value uh, as it relates to a family owned and operated business. So setting a structured approach to resolution, um, this is gonna do a couple of things. Number one, it's gonna make sure that there are no surprises as it relates to the resolution. Uh, if there is some sort of disagreement, uh, also, it helps you focus more on the facts when uh, trying to find a resolution uh, to any conflicts. So one of the things I have learned through counseling before is Dear Man, it is an acronym used in conflict resolution that helps you uh, follow that structure and make sure to focus primarily on the facts instead of finger pointing and blaming. So that helps to create a structure uh, within the resolution process as this recommends you do as it relates to family owned and operated businesses. So number two, hold regular family meetings. Um, I agree with this. I think the main point they're trying to bring up here uh, is a little bit um, kind of in addition to any regular business meetings. So obviously uh, in family owned and operated businesses, you may have people who work there who are not a part of the family. Um, assuming that the people who are in charge are all family, you may need those key players who are not family to be involved in some of the business meetings. Uh, for example, I have a buddy who is operations for a small but long-time family-owned and operated business. Uh, so obviously, he does not necessarily have carte blanche in some of the decision-making, but he is definitely involved in some of the meetings. Uh, so what they would want to do is hold regular family meetings outside of those regular business meetings. 
uh, to bring everyone on the same page, help foster those relationships, especially if you're at a point where pretty much everybody is grown and out of the house, uh, then maybe you don't get to interact as much as you would like to. Uh, so setting aside time to hold those regular family meetings uh, will definitely help facilitate that. Uh, so number three, do not take sides. If there is a conflict, uh, trying to stay objective in any uh, conflict resolution uh, will help uh, to find that resolution faster. Um, it will also uh, create quite the mess if you do decide to take sides. So uh, say, for example, it is you and your two brothers who kind of run the business. Say everyone holds, you know, 33.3% of the ownership stake and you have uh, maybe 50 to 100 employees and one person starts to disagree with uh, one of the brothers. Uh, if the other one takes sides, then you're looking at losing a third of the business, uh, whether that is the value because you have to buy that person out. Um, it could also be the value he brings to the table. Um, say he is the personnel manager on a day-to-day -day basis showing up and supervising, uh, setting schedules, uh, doing a lot of the hiring and firing. If that person um, gets angered to a point of parting ways, then you're going to have to fill that role. And it can also be a little more challenging uh, because now you're taking it from a family-owned and operating business uh, to, uh, to outside of the family. So uh, not taking sides and staying indifferent helps keep a level head. <clears throat> Number four, seek out mediators. So mediators are going to help with that objective approach. <clears throat> it can also be very difficult to identify certain stumbling blocks if you're heavily involved with the people, uh, obviously with families. If you've known each other for a very long time, you could have certain subjective uh, views on the individuals or the situation specifically. So a mediator is going to help remove that uh, subjectivity and um, better approach the situation objectively and get everyone uh, on, back on the same page. So seek out mediators. Uh, I think it would be good if you're going to have a structured approach to resolution to have a mediator of some sort um, already included in that uh, resolution structure. Uh, next, set hiring limitations. So thinking about the example I used before where it's you and two brothers running the company, if all three of you are equally in charge or have an equal say in what takes place within the organization, setting those hiring limitations might be taking things into consideration that you have never thought of. So maybe you want someone who is a hard worker and shows up on time and 
one of the brothers doesn't want someone who doesn't have their own transportation to work. What I mean by that is maybe more, they're adding an additional uh, requirement to the hiring process in that most companies just want someone to have reliable transportation and be able to get to work every day on time. And this brother says, that's fine, but I also want them to have their own vehicle, not be relying on someone else for a ride. And so that may be something that you don't agree with, but raising that bar slightly to meet everyone's uh, needs as far as the hiring limitations is going to keep everyone happy as opposed to just leaving it at a more relaxed um, limitation. Then you get someone in the door who doesn't meet that brother's requirements. Something falls through the cracks, and now you're having to hear the this is why I said that scenario, as well as learning a hard lesson. So uh, I would recommend that if everyone has certain requirements and limitations as it comes to hiring, uh, that you take all of those into consideration and just use whatever the most uh, strict policy is. Uh, this can also um, this can also include relationships outside of the family. Maybe uh, we we do want to allow uh, hiring outside of just the family. However, maybe the limitations are, you know, it can't be someone from, uh, you know, this side of the family, or it can't be someone inside this certain radius, or, uh, you know, previous professional or personal relationships with individuals could come into play. Uh, so just make sure you hold conversations on what those hiring limitations may be and make sure everyone's on the same page. Uh, so next, designate roles. Uh, this we kind of already talked about, but basically, uh, once again, if you have three people, maybe you have someone who runs the business uh, day to day, uh, they could handle a lot of the operations, um, a lot of the logistics, scheduling, uh, maybe jobs, maybe uh, from a computer standpoint, they're managing quotes and closing out deals. You could have another person who is responsible for the people. Uh, they manage the hiring, the firing, the schedules, the coaching, uh, the mentoring, the training, um, and basically everything that has to do with the personnel. And then there could be a person who is basically the financial backing. So they brought the investment to the table. Uh, they deal more on a monthly or quarterly basis with the business to make sure it's running okay, looking at the numbers, managing uh, cash flow, um, seeking out additional funding if it's needed. So uh, those are just three examples of how different people could fill roles. But if you don't designate roles, then at some point uh, you may come to notice that you're kind of stepping on each other and you don't really know who's supposed to do what. So. That's definitely something to take into consideration. Make sure everybody has their clear-cut responsibility and they're not stepping on the other person's toes. Last, establish a discussion forum. Uh, so this could be as in-depth as something online that you all have access to. A lot of companies use um, you know, something like Slack. Uh, you could use 
you know, some sort of online forum that you have set up. You could also make it as simple as a piece of paper or a sticky note where people write down topics, and then when you hold those family meetings, you discuss whatever topics are on it. So whatever it looks like, however you have it set up, is completely up to you. However, having that opportunity for open discussion and communication uh, will be super advantageous to making sure that everyone is on the same page and minimizing potential conflicts as well. I hope this is helpful. I hope someone who is involved in a family-owned and operated business contributes and puts something in the comments section. Tell me how you are implementing these things. Tell me if any of this was of value to you. If it was, please give us a five-star review. It helps push our podcast to the top to help other business owners uh, and investors and entrepreneurs as well. So don't be selfish. Spread the word. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to tell your friends to describe, subscribe as well. You can find all the other episodes at the link below as well as our sponsors that helps us continue to put out this content for free. My name, of course, is Ryan Smeltz, and I will see you on next week's episode of Morning Brews.